Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Tuesday, April 6, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. He has risen. He has risen indeed. I am referring to Steve Eiserman and his Detroit Red Wings. Finally, the curse is reversed. They have Erased the streak going in Tampa for more than a decade now. Defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning on the road down at Amelie Arena on Easter Sunday, 5-1. to one. It was beautiful. It was fun. And most of all, it was hilarious. Uh, and I can't wait to talk to everybody about it. I am Detroit sports writer Noel Bianchi here today. As always, I got my co-host and host of the Bentley Show, Detroit Sports Encyclopedia, or just all sports encyclopedia, and all-around good fella, Scotty Bentley. What's going on, Scotty Bentley? How's it going, pal? I'm doing well, man. I'm watching the Tigers get destroyed. It's it's uh, some normalcy back into this crazy world. Uh, as you said that, they uh, – oh, never mind. Robert Grossman caught it in the gap. Anyways, uh, Nelson Cruz, yeah, with that uh, Grand Slam performance he put on, I am sick of right. the Tigers getting beat by that guy. I still am amazed every single year when I see him in a Major League Baseball uniform. And uh, it's just sad. Decade. But uh, – just killing us. I mean, this game has not ended yet. So as we as we um, talk about it, the, the Detroit Tigers are a winning team. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, that is a, a big positive, but we're here to talk about the Red Wings. Um, they had they, like, give me your overall thoughts on this game on Sunday. I guess we'll start there because it was just a ton of fun. Uh, thanks to Tampa for throwing in their backup goaltender again uh, in the second game of a back-to-back against Detroit. And uh, it, it was just crazy from the start. They pop in three goals to end to, to close a second and, and the party was off and running. Yeah, man. What did I say last week? We play up to Tampa. It's a fact. We 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 now own Tampa. It's it's <laughs> common knowledge. We play up to them. We play them tight. Finally, got it was obviously a super fun game. I mean, just all around. Um, everything, everything about it was fantastic. Well, I'm sure we'll get into some of the individual performances and and moment of the week, obviously. But they, it was just a phenomenal and an incredibly. I feel like even when we win, well, maybe not, maybe not these days, but uh, it was just fun. It was just fun. It was enjoyable. It was just a fun time. Like you said, it was just a party and win or lose, at least from an enjoyment standpoint, it was incredibly fun. It was especially fun because they absolutely had no business winning that hockey game. They had 17 shots on net. Uh, But like I said, Tampa had their backup goaltender in again, and uh, they just happened to kind of play off of that, get a little bit lucky, and then the momentum started going. He gave up four goals on 17 shots. They had an empty netter to make it 5-1. And and you really just have to to stick to to Tampa for that for – um, not only allowing the Red Wings to play up to you, but also uh, giving them the chance to capitalize on their opportunities uh, with that backup goaltender. I had a, I had a thought uh, yesterday while I was watching this game 
and um, you know, it was Easter Sunday. I, I had just come back from church. I was watching all of this transpire. I knew about the history of the Red Wings in Tampa Bay, and I started to realize that there was a biblical parallel to what happened uh, down in South Florida yesterday. You know, Steve Eiserman, he is the Red Wings, own, like the, he is basically the Jesus of the Red Wings, right? Um, and then he goes down to Tampa, kind of like the fallen angel, you know, with the in, in biblical times. He goes down to Tampa, abandons the Red Wings. Everything with the Red Wings starts going on a downward trajectory because Stevie Y is off. Well, not because, but while Stevie Y is off doing his thing uh, in Tampa Bay. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay rises up to the ho- top of the hockey world thanks to his leadership. Three years after the Red Wings officially die in that 2016 season. Steve Eiserman comes back from his hockey powerhouse that he has built in Tampa Bay. Unfortunately for him, he must endure the sacrifice of not winning a Stanley cup with them while watching them win a Stanley cup as he goes 17, 49 and five in Detroit. So he feels that anguish. He feels that pain. He basically is sacrificed for the sins of Ken Holland and his Red Wing constituents. Well, What happens on Easter Sunday? The Red Wings rise from the dead and do something that they haven't done uh, since the first year that Steve Eisenman was GM of Tampa Bay. And I'm just, I can't help but think this is a prophecy of epic proportions that I, for personally, maybe it's just because I haven't put that much thought into it, have not seen in Detroit sports in a long time. It all just adds up. It all plays right into the story. And the fact that it happened on Easter Sunday is just too much to ignore. Yeah, man, that's totally no part of that is a stretch at all. I think it's spot on, <laughs> just fantastic. Definitely no reaches there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it really lines up perfectly. I agree. Oh, uh, man. All right. Moment of the weekend. We'll get to that in one second. Uh, but I, I mean, really, I mean, this kind of goes in with it. I love that all the old timers got in on oh, the yeah. fun. Like that, that to me was the funniest part of it all. It was Helm, uh, Rasmussen stall uh valtteri filpula like those three guys were were the ones scoring and that would just like kind of added the little cherry on top uh to make it just a little bit better uh on top of everything yeah it was great it was uh like like we said it was incredibly fun i think that the it almost salts the wound a little more which i think is like my favorite part you know what I yeah. mean? It, like it's not like it's not like oh like like the captain showed out or, or like all these young, like prospects had their breakout games. Like it's the, it's like the placeholders that like, no, like it's are all guys be here. Like, who were in the NHL back when they got this last win, right, which is exactly. remarkable. Exactly. It, it's, but it's incredible. It just makes it a little, a little salt in the wound a little bit. It makes it sting a little bit more. The fact uh, that it was the, the unprobables we'll call them. Yeah. Uh, So with that, when the Red Wings split with Tampa for the second consecutive series, they advanced to 13, 22 and five and Scott sneaky are four wins away from matching their win total of last season. And a shortened season in a shortened season. I'm pretty sure we have the same amount of wins as the Stanley cup runner ups. I believe that's the case. I I don't, you know, games played, that doesn't matter. I don't Uh, care. Yeah. We're ignoring that. We don't care. Yeah, we, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Um, 
Yeah, that was great. Uh, moment of the weekend had to be Mark Stahl scoring to close the second and, and put the wings up 4 nothing. I'm slowly realizing that Mark Stahl goals uh, are my favorite moments of this season so far. Like, I can recall every single one very vividly. Granted, there have only been three. But as the season goes on, it everything sort of blends together. Like you, you have like these moments, like oh, the Gagne game. Like I don't even remember how those goals were scored. I, I don't really think I could think of a single one of them. But I can tell you every single way that Mark Stahl has scored a goal this season off the top of my head without having to look it up. And I think that is uh, uh, truly special. And the fact that he was the one who really drove the nail into the coffin to close the second. I didn't even care what happened in the third because the amount of fun that we had on that Mark Stahl point shot uh, was just, it, it was in the upper echelon of moments of the season. Yeah. And like you said, it always is just because of how hilarious it is whenever he manages to do it. It's incredible. It's funny. It's awesome. And the fact that it was, like you said, out of all the goals for him to score, the one that it was like the the one that kind of put it away and like sealed the deal. Yeah. Made it even that much better. It was like, oh yeah, cherry on top of the Sunday. Mark's tall goal. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right. We got some other things to talk about with this game. First, I got to talk to you guys about BuiltBar.com. They've got 18 amazing flavors, folks, including the six new uh, amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. That is also in addition to all of the other delicious built bars that they have for you guys. Uh, and the best part about it, they're good for the health conscious guy on the go. That is including me. I'm always on the go. I'm always looking for an extra snack. Instead of stopping at a fast food window or hopping into a gas station or whatever your go-to is, uh, just carry some built bars around with you. Maybe, you know, not in the summertime because they can melt. They are covered in hundred percent chocolate. They are soft and they are easy to chew. So I don't know how, how well they'll do like in the heat with the car and all that other stuff. Uh, but just having these built bars on you, put them in your bag, uh, is, is such a major, major key to making sure that you're able to kind of stay healthy and stick to some sort of uh, diet or whatever it may be uh, on the go. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber. If you're on the keto diet, that's great for you. If you're just trying to avoid uh, eating a ton of carbs, that's also good for you too. Uh, I'm not a keto guy, but I do like to, to cut back on carbs when I'm trying to lose a little bit of weight because those are my biggest weakness. And Built Bar has been an amazing, amazing component uh, of me trying to do that. So go to builtbar.com right now. Use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. It wasn't just a great training camp for Larkin. Who brings it in? Scores! Oh, his first NHL goal is a beauty! Wow, look at, look at, look at him getting the puck. Conwell getting the puck. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Scotty, segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, a proud member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is your team every day. Shout out to producer Brian. I forgot to do that in the intro. We're doing it now. Hi, Brian. Uh, thanks for everything you do, pal. We got something I want to talk about. And, you know, with Philip Sedina, we, the, the whole thing on him all year is like, don't look at the score sheet. Don't look at the score sheet. That doesn't tell the whole story of how his season has been. He's been doing much more than that. He's been great on the four check. He's been great on the back check. What he did on Sunday 
to help the Red Wings get their first goal. Tampa Bay looked like they were about to take the puck out of the zone while the Red Wings were on the power play. Zadina pickpockets uh, the guy with the puck. Ends up, you know, Larkin had to make another great play to keep the puck in the zone. But the play by Zadina stood out to me the most. And why, you ask? Because it reminded me of one number 13 in the red and white, Pavel Datsuk. Now, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. I put this out on Twitter and people were like, you are getting a little too ahead of yourself. But like, listen, (laughs) was that not a Datsukian type of steal and recovery? That he made it was it absolutely was, and uh, I just love that. Like th- those are the little things that I've seen that have been coming together to where he just got like that sneaky patience. Like just because he's not always like immediately diving for the puck or whatever, uh, it doesn't mean he's not in the play. And that was something that w- with Pavel Datsuk was ever present. He's just got that wide stance. He's got two hands on the stick. He's ready to make a play at all times. And even you know when it doesn't look like he's exerting himself, he makes the tough play and he makes it look easy too. And that to me is just super impressive. Yeah. I think the, the best, it's so impressive to see how the strides he's taken as a playmaker. Um, Obviously the people have their whatever opinions about the scoring, but the, the playmaking is so prevalent and so, so impressive already that I think it's, I don't even know how to word it. It's, it's exciting. Like, I, I don't know how else to say it. Like it's super exciting, especially with how many other people on this team that like we kind of said earlier may or may not be part of the future of this team, like having him and, and having him make plays like that. And, and again, whatever you think about the scoring that apparently everybody has an opinion on that now, but, but there's no denying how great of a playmaker he's looked already. And I think that comparing player to player, you're going to get a lot of people saying that, you know, whatever, you're ahead of yourself, blah, blah, blah. But I think play style-wise, that that's a, that's a great comparison from what we've seen from so far at this level. Yeah, and that's really all I meant was like a, a style comparison. And I think maybe we are possibly reaching a point where maybe Philip Sedina's stock as a prospect is a little bit uh, underrated at the moment. Oh, my goodness, Nelson Cruz. Stop it. Stop it, Nelson Cruz. Uh it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> that is a hypothetical nine RBI uh, for him today. If that first grand slam had counted. Um, the thing with Phillips Adina is that like, he hasn't done anything to like make a highlight reel. And, uh, and I, and I wonder because of the fact that he came into the league and that was kind of his MO was like this goal scorer, this absolute cannon on the power play. Like, I think that maybe people are, uh underrating him as a prospect because he hasn't necessarily grasped those things rather quickly and we kind of just touched on it but i think that this year for philip sedina has been a journey to becoming a well-rounded hockey player and maybe you start to you you've seen a less improvement on the goal scoring front alone because of that but i think when you look at philip sedina you look at the tape that he's put out there this year on the defensive end in the offensive zone for checking whatever it may be you just have to stop and look and go this dude is going to be one of the most valuable 200 foot forwards in the game within a couple years if you ask me and that it's kind of undeniable yeah man i i mean the the biggest thing the biggest thing for him is, like I said, going to be the ability to put the puck in the net. The playmaking's there. 
honestly, the physicality's there, which mm-hmm. is like not something that I really expected, at least with with how we kind of saw him play when he was younger. Um, I mean, he he throws himself around out there and and I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but like it, it's really all just gonna come down to how how well he ends up being able to put the puck in the back of the net. And if he's even what average above average at that he's going to be an incredible forward in this league for a very long time uh and then we should probably talk about thomas grace he was actually very good uh this weekend he made a terrific save probably save of the year for him uh on steven stamkos in the second period of that game when it was 1-1 uh they come down on a three-on-one guess what happened to lead to that franz nielsen mark stall they collide with each other that <laughs> that was another beautiful moment this season <laughs> i will never forget that um and, he, and, and they come back the other way. Steven Stamkos gets a one-timer, an incredible save uh, off the knob to keep Tampa from tying the game. And, and from there, who knows where things would have went because Tampa was uh, the better team yesterday, uh, in my opinion. And he deserves a little bit of love for that. He, he let in two quick goals to start Saturday's game. Not ideal. Me and Ethan got in an argument over whose fault the first one was. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll probably open that up a, a little bit a later in the week. argument. Where, what side do you can you do us a favor? Do the fans or the listeners a favor? Present both sides of the argument and tell them which one that you were on. Could you do uh, that for me? See, but here, here's the problem. I think both when it comes to you two arguing about goalies, I think both of you take the extremes. And just like we're talking about, <laughs> I talk about with three with Svechnikov, right? The in reality. The defense and the goalie both suck, but all both of you are like, no, it has to be all his fault or not at all his fault. When in reality, it's probably a very lump sum of both. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that's a little bit unfair towards me because a lot of times I do recognize the defense in front of him <laughs> sucks. But like there are certain times, and the thing is, is like I'm just over like the the whole thing of like, oh, he doesn't get any goal support. Jimmy Howard didn't get any goal support. Like, why do, you, why do you think that is? Do you think that maybe that they have something to do with that because they are letting in a quick goal before they kind of settle in? And then from then it's like, oh, geez, here we go. And then the team from that point is just demoralized. Like when you play the Tampa Bay Lightning and they score in the first five minutes, you're going to have a shitty attitude from there on out. Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. I think it's super fair. I, I don't, I don't disagree with that, but like at the, I mean, at the same time, it's definitely not, um, it's definitely, it's I mean, not you, black and white. You, you Right. You could, you could word it to say the reverse. If you wanted to, you could say, okay, like these guys are, are, uh, oh my gosh. Okay. I thought we just gave up another homer. Sorry. Um, I, I think you could word it the exact other way too. And, and you could say, okay, like, yes, obviously they're unmotivated because of this horrible guy in that. Well, Maybe he's unmotivated because the, he knows that the team's not going to put up any points or any, score any goals at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a, like you said, it's not very black and white. I think that's, that's very much, it goes both ways kind of an avenue. Yeah. And I just, I, I bring it up because there has to be some sort of correlation They're going one way or the other. I, I'm not exactly sure what that. it is, but like there has to be something to that. It cannot be a coincidence. The second year in a row that your back goaltender uh, is just getting zero goal support. Uh, you know, when, when Bernie is in the net, they clearly are playing better in front of him. Uh, right. And so, I don't know. I just think there's the, that is a nuanced conversation. It's definitely uh, fair. We are going to take it over into segment three, but first I got to talk to you guys today about bet online football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are in full 
swing. You're looking to recoup some money from March Madness? You're looking to keep the magic rolling? Well, go to Bet Online because they even cover awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props and almost anything that you can imagine. And they've also got you covered for all the news, all the scores, and all the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Fedorov gives him the business. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All right, Scotty, segment three here at Lockdown Red Wings for a show of the week. We got lots of good stuff coming up this week. Not exactly sure what it's going to be yet, but we're working on it. We have a we have a production meeting later today. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna nail all those things out. Adam Ernie scored on Saturday to keep the magic rolling, and it brings up something uh, that is very interesting to me, and it because I, I think it directly ties into the Evgeny Sveshnikov discourse that has been going on uh, online. He obviously gets put on waivers uh, right before the weekend. Everybody loses their mind. He clears waivers. Everything's Gucci again. And I just think it's interesting to kind of compare, I guess, the standing of these two guys uh, as a whole, because I, I do think the Sveshnikov discourse is a little bit out of control. And you have the, and you have the one side who's like, he needs to be up here every game. He needs to be getting solid minutes. He needs this and he needs that. And then you have the side that's like, he's nothing, just who cares, blah, blah, blah. And right. uh, that was an opinion that I had on Adam Ernie to start the season. Well, that didn't turn out to be the case with Adam Ernie. He, is, he has scored. He has uh, played very well at times. And a lot of the stuff I've seen about Evgeny Sveshnikov is, well, yeah, he's scoring too, but his scoring is unsustainable. I don't understand what makes people think that Adam Ernie's scoring is sustainable when he's never put up a season like this in his entire life. He's a year older than Evgeny Sveshnikov, but he seems to be getting from the fan base as well as from the organization, a little bit of preferential treatment in that regard. Yeah, I think so too. And, and I think we kind of talked about this off air before, and I mentioned it in the, in the argument we had in a debate you and Ethan had, but like, I think people are way too, he's either a superstar or he's absolutely irrelevant. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that the, the reason that it sparked was obviously the waiver thing, right? That's why his name got back out there and why it was such a big debate. And, Oh, you know, why are we trying to get him past waivers? He's not going to pass or, and then people are like, Oh, nobody wants him. Why would you even be worried? So like, I, I, I think, like you said, I think in reality, it's probably a happy medium. I, I don't think, I, I think, in my opinion, this is very much just a, everybody is all up in arms and everybody, if we were a better team, this would not be this big of a deal. I, I think the same thing about the Tigers with Victor Reyes. Like, Victor Reyes is argued about daily. No one would argue about Victor Reyes if the Tigers were winning games because Victor Reyes wouldn't be a relevant part of this team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, I think that if this was a good hockey team, that this would not be the type of player that we would be arguing about, but we have really nothing else to argue about. So here we go. We're going to argue about it. Ready, special talk. Yeah. And that's a very good point. I just think the one thing that's interesting is uh, a lot of people, I guess, who are defending the handling 
of Sveshnikov as if it is 1000 billion percent the right thing to do the oh you don't trust Eisenman you have to trust Eisenman type of people are also there's a lot of overlap with people who want Blasio fired and it's like I just don't understand how we're we are continuing this trust the eyes are playing Steve Eisenman knows what he's doing yada 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 and then have discourse daily about why the head coach is still where he is like those two things to me don't overlap or the Ross, you know, just, it, it just, there seems to be a lot of overlap there and contradictory opinions. And I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of it from time to time. Uh, but it's just an interesting dynamic. For sure. I, I think, um, I think there's, there's way too many variables. I think even outside of Blash, I, I mean, just the surrounding pieces on the roster are enough for me to be like, okay, these guys on a better team would, a lot of these guys, uh, if they were put on a better roster would probably be better, have better counting stats and be arguably better players. So like, I think there's a lot to do with it. And I, I think obviously getting called up and sent down all the time, like uh, there's so many variables about this. And, and like I said earlier, in reality, it's probably just, uh, a, a happy medium he's probably going to end up not being completely irrelevant but not being a superstar either you know what I mean that's that's what we're looking at but everybody's gotta gotta what do I, am I even trying to say we have to have something to, to debate about and he just happens to be the what's on the ticker for this week yeah um all right i think that's all we got for you guys today check back tomorrow i think what are we going to do an expansion draft uh update maybe yeah. a mock expansion draft for tomorrow's episode so we'll do that um i think we're going to go back to kind of uh doing like a, a series recap at for every friday show i think that kind of sounds good to me um so i guess we'll we'll just continue that way during the week we'll take more of a uh bigger picture approach as the season kind of wraps up the trade deadline uh is april 12th so next monday next monday uh, i believe yeah um so we'll, we'll have more trade deadline talk coming probably towards the end of the week as well be on the lookout for that the red wings play nashville they tonight they play nashville on thursday uh and so we'll be recapping that series honestly key to that series do not let Nashville score on the power play because that has been the one Achilles heel of the Red Wings versus uh, Nashville this season. Uh, so we'll leave you with that. Uh, anything else? Any any departing words of wisdom, Scott, as we send these people off into their Tuesday? Um, Nelson Cruz owns the Tigers. That's about it. Nelson Cruz owns the Tigers. It makes me sick. All right. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.